Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Welcome to California, San Diego, California. I'm finished here. I've got three services left tonight, 7 p.m. in Los Angeles, tomorrow at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. And then I'll be back in Pittsburgh and Fort Worth. Hey, Nadia, Michelle, Julia, it was nice to see you and your husband. Alan, good to see you. Good to see you, Vera. Abby, good to see you. Oh, yeah, you're coming up. That's great. All right. This probably is not going to be a long broadcast. Before I give the prediction, just a thought. I've noticed, I can't, I don't know about business because I'm not in the business world, but in ministry, people have a propensity to stop uh, allowing an inflow of new people into leadership and people become blockers. Like you've heard me tell the story that, um, Basically, the guy that played drums at the church I grew up at, he's still the drummer there, as far as I know. I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be in his eighties. So anytime there was a young, good evening, South Africa. Anytime there was like a young drummer that was coming up, he treated the guy as a threat rather than, so you lost all the young drummers that came through the church because he protected his drum stool. The sound man has been the sound man for 40 years. Just like baseball, you know, baseball, if it was run like the church or uh, English soccer, if you're in Europe, European soccer, if it was run like the church, they would have a 60 year old striker because they have such great memories of how, how well he did in the 90s. But he moves along. And, and can take a managerial position, ownership position, and new young talent comes through. If you don't allow that to, if you don't facilitate that, that's when your ministry starts to become irrelevant down the road is because of a decision you made in the beginning to not pay attention to keep allowing young people to come in. There's things that you have when you're older that you don't have when you're younger. There's a wisdom and a seasoning that you have. And there's things that you have when you're younger that aren't necessarily in an older person or operating in an older person. You know, you're not going to have a 60-year-old associate pastor go out into the projects to do crusades on Saturdays in the snow, but you'll have a 21-year-old be happy to do that. So I think it's very important. Like, I have to be careful. Kofi used to be my young assistant. Now neither of us are young. You know, our media department, Ram, uh, Nick was 17. Ram was in his early 20s. Now they're both married. Nick just had his first baby. You know, not that they're old, but time moves faster than people think. So I want, I want, like I had Nick come at 17. There were things Nick knew at 17 that none of us knew. He told us about TikTok. You know, we didn't even know what it was. He told us about Snapchat. And, 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 and you know, 
we we saw new directions where things was, were going because young young people are up on that. So I, th- I think you have to make sure you have an influx. I don't think, or it's a mistake. I'll tell you who does a great job at that is, is Bishop Dag. Pastor Rodney does a great job at that. There's people coming in from the Bible school, moving up. Bishop Dag's ministry, it's a very young crowd. He's 60, but the crowd is young. So I'm 69 and out preaching in the mountains of Honduras. Congratulations. I don't, I don't know what you want. A sticker. I didn't say when people get older, they don't preach anymore. What I'm saying is if you don't have youth in your ministry, and then you don't reckon if you once did have youth in your ministry, you know, there's people that don't realize their 28 year old youth pastor is now 51 and he doesn't have a passion for youth. He's just hanging on to a job. And that's what starts to get a church dead. It, you need, you need an inflow, a constant inflow in all areas. And then, and then the church needs to grow so that there's places for people to, to go up to, or you end up um, stagnant. But blah, 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 age is a number, not looking for a sticker. You're an idiot. That's probably why the Lord has you in the mountains of Honduras where you can't bother anybody. Probably even the goats are looking for a different place to relocate to now that you're there. You annoying son of a gun. (laughs) If you think age is just a number, you're going to find out it's not. That you do die. (laughs) It actually matters. There's things that come in different seasons of life. So, um, Cynthia, if you and Javier are going to be in L.A., I'd I'd love to talk to you. You, both of you. I wanted to run something by you if you end up being up there. Um, that's not what I titled this broadcast, though. The title of the broadcast is a political prediction. So I was going to tweet this, but I figured um, I figured I would just do a video. I wanted to give a very specific political prediction. Okay, but let's meet up after the service, you you and Javier. Um, most of you know what's going on at the Texas border. I'll run it down real quick in case we have people that don't know what's going on there from overseas or whatever. Yeah, I believe that's my Uncle Ted. Good to see you. I love you, Uncle Ted. So the Biden Department of Justice won't do anything about the border. It's hard at this point not to not to think that um, the cartels have major the, the, the Mexican drug cartels have major influence with our politicians, because I don't, I don't see any way you could explain why the borders are open. The borders being open is, is a major asset to human trafficking, which has arguably more money attached to it than, than narcotics. So, um, because the, the Biden Department of Justice wouldn't do anything about it, Texas feels they have a right to secure their own border. So they did. Then the Biden Department of Justice uh, won their Supreme Court case. I don't know how any judges ruled the way that they did, let alone five to four, that Texas does not have a right to secure its border. 
So Texas decided to not care that the Supreme Court ruled that and is continuing to put razor wire up and secure their border. I think Biden's given them 24 hours or 48 hours to stop. Or, or I don't know, or I can tell you what might happen. So then to escalate it, the other states didn't leave Texas twisting in the wind. 25 states pledged their support. Now, 25 states have not sent their nat- their National Guard. Um, they've just said they support them. But you have now 25 states support Texas. That means 26 support what Texas is doing. And 24, not 24 don't support it. 24 have just been quiet. So this is a major, this is a major escalation. So here's the prediction I want to make. Biden is in a terrible place politically right now. If he does nothing, he's weak and he'll lose support. If he sends the FBI or ATF or whatever federal organization he decides to use, to go down and physically try to arrest sheriff's deputies and sheriffs and uh, National Guard or, or, or te- Texas uh, Texas State Guard, whatever they call them. Let me ask you a question. Do you think those Texans that are armed and the federal agents that are armed, do you think that that's going to go down without any shots fired? I don't want there to be shots fired. Do you not think there's not going to be somebody that in that group that's armed that in their mind, and I'm not saying they're wrong, thinks, well, this is it. This is what we've been preparing for. This is the federal overreach where they're, they, the, the federal government has now become an enemy of the people. I'm not, I'm not laying my weapon down and, and, and a shot get fired. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. There is a chance if it goes to an armed standoff, that, that somebody <laughs> fires a shot. And if somebody fires a shot, lots of people are going to fire a shot. So the prediction I want to make, not if a, a Texas sheriff deputy or sheriff or Texas, somebody on the Texas side kills a, a federal agent. But this is the prediction I'm going to make. If a federal agent kills a local Texan, Sheriff, sheriff's deputy, volunteer, National Guard, whatever. If a federal agent from Biden's Department of Justice kills a Texan, President Biden loses the election by minimum six to eight percentage points in the popular vote. Minimum. At least, at least six to eight, maybe 11, maybe 13. If a Texan dies defending the border, at the hands of a Biden federal agent from uh, commissioned by the Department of Justice, a Texan dying and the images of his wife and kids at the funeral, that is not something he can recover from. Of course, he's already down in the polls, minimum 1%. Some, some liberal polls have, have Biden down by as much as 5 or 7%, YouGov, Harris poll. Um, I don't think any amount of, we'll call it gamesmanship in the election, I don't care how, what dishonesty is attempted, I don't think there's any coming back from that. So that's my prediction. My prediction 
is if a federal, somebody acting on the behest of the federal government in uniform kills a Texan or anybody that's on the citizen side or state side of defending the border, that is an irrecoverable position for Biden. He loses the election by a minimum of six to eight percentage points. That's my prediction. Would love to know your thoughts in the comments. I don't think that's an incident you can recover from. So but if, I, if, if you're on Biden's side, you need to proceed very cautiously here. I don't know what, I, like if I was on Biden's, if I was in Biden's cabinet or his, I had a direct line with him to advise him. I don't know how you handle this. You've kind of, I think, hey, you should have handled it, was secured the border. But now that it's hit this point, you're in a major um, bad spot. But I'll tell you, the if I was in that group, the thing I would tell them that you absolutely cannot do is you cannot, you cannot under any circumstances, if you're going to send the FBI in or whatever, you better tell them, I don't care what happens, do not fire a weapon. I don't care what happens. You actually don't even have a right to defend yourself. I'm telling you as the president, I'm sending you down there. If they escalate it, because it would be different if some, you know, if, if some overzealous Texan kills a federal agent, Biden might actually go up. You know, that might actually hurt the Trump side of things or the Republican side. I'm not saying that it should. I'm just saying people don't care what the facts are. If someone dies, look at George Floyd. If, if somebody, um, if someone dies, people side with the died person, the, the dead person. They don't, you know, if you shoot somebody, you're the villain, even if you have a good reason. I'm, I'm talking your public perception. So I think it would hurt, but I don't think it would be something Trump couldn't recover from because Trump's not in on this. This is a mess that Biden created. So it's not like... Uh, if Trump was the governor of Texas right now, that's different, but he's not involved. So really only negative things can happen for Biden, in my opinion. That's my thoughts. Yeah, we should pray. I mean, it's amazing how God's hand has been on this country because for the last four years, there's been stuff that's happened where it's like it gets right up to a certain line and it won't cross it. And I pray that restraint stays in place. Yeah, people died during the the Black Lives Matter riots and stuff. But I mean, it. I'm sure the devil wanted that thing to go to some, an all out race war and like hundreds of people shot and, you know, civil war. And, and somehow it's been kept from that. But th- this, this could be a major, you know, if, if this goes like it, like it looks like it's headed, where they're going to send a bunch of federal agents down into Texas. Let me tell you something. Some of those guys are not going to, not going to do what they're told. I don't think. And if all it's going to take is one person on the Texas side shooting, anybody shooting, somebody thinking they heard a shot, and it, it it's gonna it's gonna I mean like you read how the Revolutionary War happened it's like one the shot heard around the world, 
One gun goes off, and lots of guns are going to go off. And let me tell you, you know, I'm saying six to eight points to be conservative. You being you presiding over the worst tragedy since the Civil War on American soil. Yeah, you have 9-11. That was a foreign power. You know, again, going with the official story. That's a foreign power. You didn't, you know, you supposedly didn't know that was going to happen and all that stuff. So that's different. This, this is something you caused. You know, you did that. You, your decisions led to that. Can you imagine if you end up having like 17 federal agents killed and 39 Texas guard killed? You're not recovering from that. January 6th. How many people died on January 6th? One lady. And she was shot by the, the government. I would not put that in the uh, in the same bracket. Any questions? There's a little question bubble at the bottom. I'll take a couple before um, I pop off. What about the main military branches? I don't think, I mean, America, I don't know. I don't know. Biden needs to proceed very cautiously here. I got to say, I'm pretty stunned that um, Greg Abbott, <laughs> I, th I thought that razor wire was going to get taken down immediately. He, he, I don't know what happened to that guy because he wasn't that tough during the COVID lockdowns. But I mean, the double down on it, it's a good move for him politically. All right, let me see some questions. Please don't let any of the questions be when are you coming to Sanderson, Iowa, or whatever. You think Biden will call on the main U.S. military to be involved in the situation? Can he? I don't even know legally. Maybe he can. I don't, I, I'm not sure. That would be a, a complete mess. I mean, nobody that signed up for the military signed up to, to, to be turned on the citizenry. Any movement on getting her meet on CTN? Not this week. She has prior commitment. She did get back in touch with us. But we're going to have a great week of Check the News when I come back home this week. Do you agree that so many call it an invasion? Yeah, it's an invasion. It's not even a question. Oh, sorry. I'm supposed to tap on the thing so you can see it. Sorry, it's been a while since I took these questions. This reminds me a bit of Barack Obama's movie, Leave the World Behind, where it's also about the Civil War. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, what else we got? Because it takes so long after you click on it. Oh, I see. If I just hit X, the next question comes. Isn't it true if they get like, what's with this thing? <laughs> the question is just, oh, God. Isn't it true 
if they get like 34 states to stay on Texas, they can overturn Congress and Biden. Is there something like that? I don't know. I've not looked into it. I've been, I don't want to use my pre- preaching as an excuse for not reading up on it more, but I have been like a little, a little busy this week. You said that if I'd get you in a room with Newsom, you'd pray the death. Okay, I don't. Answered that. Isn't it their right to protect themselves if the government refuses to protect them? Not according to the Supreme Court. Hey, Jessica. What else we got? Who do you think will run as vice president for Trump? Who do you think? Uh, Vivek is, Vivek is campaigning with him, but I don't know. Elise Stefanik. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Who do you think? What do you think about Christians using Romans 13 to just blindly do what the government tells them, like closing down their church? I mean, I think anybody on here knows how I feel about that. You think Carrie Lake will win the Senate race? I think she could. Arizona is a, it might be the worst state in the union for, for fair and free elections. And that, now we know the GOP is the reason why. The reason I don't think Carrie Lake's going to be the vice president is I, I, you know, for her to release that audio, I think she wants to be the senator from Arizona. And, and arguably vice president is a step down from that, even though on paper it's better. Is that true? Zoe says, wasn't the Supreme Court ruling just temporary until the case gets heard? I don't know. You're welcome, Evangelist Robert. I don't know what I've done for you, but you're welcome for whatever you're thanking me for. Is that all for the questions? Well, I hope to see you in Los Angeles tonight. I hope it's not Ben Carson. He's boring. But then again, I don't really care for any of the people we've mentioned to be vice president for all for different reasons. You know, I would pick Christy Nome because she's bland but likable, and that's all a vice president has to be. I can't see it being Viv- – the more I think about it, I don't know about Vivek because I don't think Trump wants another guy – that's like, I think he wants a Mike Pence type of guy. Like, I don't, I don't mean a sellout. I mean a guy that's quiet. And like, I, I think Trump wants to be like the main guy. Whereas with him and Vivek, it'd be like, Vivek would be making headlines and Trump would be making headlines. I don't know that he wants that. RFK just could not listen to his voice. Some more questions. How do you go about filling paid positions on your ministry staff? Do you put, do you put Ada out there? I don't know. Uh, 
I just, uh, during fasting and prayer, if you want to send a resume, you can send a resume into the ministry if you'd like to work for us. That, and I don't say we're going to contact you back and hire you, but we are keeping a file of people that want to work because we are increasing. So there's a place on the website to do it. I don't know exactly where. Oh, do you put ads out there? Okay, I thought you were talking about my wife, Ada. No, I don't put ads. I mean, we've never had a, we've never had to go looking for people to hire. There's there's an abundance of people that want to work. So if you'd like to send the resume in, I'd be happy to to take a look at it, Heather. How was that meeting recorded for Carrie? Was she recording it? I don't know. But I know it's genuine because the guy resigned. Info at revivaltoday.com. Send the resume. Why do you think DeSantis fell off so quickly? I remember several years ago, many preferred him over Trump. Not just several years, January. A year ago now, Trump, uh, DeSantis polled better than Trump. And I'll, I'll leave it with this one because I got to go. But um, I, w- I, I like that question, Colton. Um, Trump was weak in January of last year. He had just done that tour with Bill O'Reilly where he was promote, he was like talking Fauci up and he was saying that, um, if he had to do over again, he still would have platformed Fauci and, uh, you know, promoting Operation Warp Speed. And people didn't like that. So, DeSantis was popular. He should have announced his run. If he wanted to be president, that was the time for DeSantis to jump in, was January. He waited till when? June? May? May, June? And then, and then wouldn't touch Trump. Now, if you want to be president, you got to go after your, your number one rival in, in the thing, whether, even if you like him. You can't just pretend he doesn't exist and talk about nonsense and have your, your wife, Casey, give boring speeches. He should have, if he, if, if DeSantis would have jumped in in January and said, listen to this guy platforming, saying he would platform Fauci again, you're going to vote for him as a conservative. I mean, I just go after him on things he said and make montages of things he said about warp speed and Fauci praising him. Then, then it might have been a different story. But the way he played it and then ran, hey, Pastor Busta, good to see you. I'm doing well. Glad you're in Philly. Glad you're preaching there. The way he waited and, and wouldn't attack Trump or anything and ran a boring, awful campaign, he was finished. Trump, Trump runs a world-class level campaign. He understands TV. You know, he was the producer an executive producer of The Apprentice. And um, he he's built for the national stage, UFC press conferences. Ron DeSantis' campaign looked like it was run by like a high school AV class. It was terrible. There's even things, I listened to a persuasion expert. There's even things that... Um, 
Trump does that are like subtle. Like he flies on an exact replica of Air Force One. He's always dressed in a suit and tie. So what do you think when you see him? President. That has an effect on people. Ron DeSantis. I'm tell- I know everybody's wearing it now. The freaking jeans with the zip up fleece and dress shirt. You don't look like a president. You look like somebody that, uh, I don't know, owns like a feed store in Arkansas. No offense to all my friends that own feed stores in Arkansas. You don't, you don't look like a president. Look how Biden, you, you probably think I don't have anything nice to say about Joe Biden, right? I can tell you something nice about Joe Biden. He's probably the best dressed president in my lifetime. If you're going to be president, you, you, if you want to be president, you should look like a president. So DeSantis completely blew it. And I'll tell you, he sounds happy now. That's He should have never, he, he missed it. And that's actually, and, and this will be the last thing I say, DeSantis was the inspiration for that tweet that I put up where I said, Many times in an effort to get a higher position in different relationships, people people miss or take for granted the positions and relationships God's given them. Ron DeSantis was graced to be the governor of Florida, and he had no grace to run for president. And sometimes people, it's like they take for granted the grace God's given them in areas, in relationships, and they, they're trying to get another thing. And they're trying to do it in their effort, and it, there's no grace on it. Pay attention to your grace. Pay attention to where your favor is. If you're having, if you're preaching and you're having great meetings, you know there are states that have accepted me. There are states where I have a grace to preach there: California, Texas, Pennsylvania. There are states where I don't really. And you know, I, looking back on it, I was trying to bludgeon my way into Vermont. I'm going to break this place down. It's hard to preach here, but I'm going to do it. I don't do that anymore. Pay attention to where your favor is. Pay attention to where things flow smooth. Pay attention to where your brook called Kareth is, where the ravens bring food twice a day. Uh, P.S. Harry said, I've never had anyone call me an idiot for preaching. I didn't mean to offend you. I love you. Well, now you've had someone call you an idiot. You'd think at 69, you'd be a little brighter in how you interact with people. But more further proof that age and wisdom have nothing to do with each other. Go get a donkey and go live up in the mountains of Honduras where you don't bother anybody. I love you. Most of you. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.